Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show and to Why This Verse is Awesome with your host, Paul Kapow. Each episode presents specific Bible verses which are examined to unleash the reasons why those verses are so awesome. Join me in surveying and exploring the characteristics that make those verses so meaningful in our lives. So let's get on with why this verse is awesome. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. And it says, And God spake all these words, saying, Spake words, saying, What's the three common things here? What's the common thread? Spake words, say, saying. By God. The word spake is a Hebrew word 1696 from the Strong's Concordance, and it is the bar. I'm going to read the definition of the bar to you here in a bit. So, God, the bar, all these words, and that's also Hebrews from the Strong Concordance. Hebrew 1697, and that is also Debar. So, and God Debar, all these Debar, saying. And saying just means to answer, appoint, to charge, to command, to commune, to consider, to declare. That word, Amar, is much different than Debar. Debar. Debar sometimes is used prophetically. Sometimes it's used as a commandment, but it is a statement that is made with meaning, um, gusto, let's say. Uh, it, in effect, it's like, mm, it has power to it. It has, um, it's a matter, okay, the bar. It's, it's more than just words or just a saying it's it's not like you're talking about the weather or something trivial it is a a matter of something it is a a thing that is uh could be a cause it could be an affair it could be business it could be a commandment or communing it could be it's it's heavy it's a it's not just any speech it's what I'm doing right now to you as you're listening is a debar. What you're hearing now from me is debar. It's not just trivial speech. I'm not just talking about the weather or talking about, you know, my new haircut or whatever trivial matters. I'm trying to teach you something from the very debar of God, from the very words of God and why it's important and why that scripture and God spake these words saying, all right. So here's what I want you to notice about Debar. Okay. In the authorized version, it occurs 1,439 times. 1,439 times. God is not the only God who speaks Debar. Humans speak Debar to other humans. Humans speak Debar to God, God to humans. Okay. But it's an important word. It occurs 1,439 times. It is translated word 
807 times out of that word. It is translated thing 231 times. You know, God spoke about this thing to Abraham. It's the bar. It's translated matter 63 times. Acts 51 times. Chronicles 38 times. Saying 25 times. Commandment 20 times. And a miscellaneous, a whopping 204 times. And before I'm done talking, I'm going to show you one of those miscellaneous 204 times that you would never get that it's the word debar. So it is speech. It's a word. It's a speaking of a thing. It's a saying. It's an utterance. It's about business, about occupation. It's a matter. It's something that has significance. Okay. And God spake all these words saying, right? And God debar all these debar saying. So when God speaks, we listen, right? We should listen, right? We should read God's word. We should read his words, right? We should study his words, correct? Is that enough? Is it enough? Without obedience, what do we have? There, there are many heresies, there are many false teachers, many false religions who use scripture. Any funeral you go to, the guy uh, laid in the casket could be a son of Satan. But that minister, that, <laughs> that person officiating the funeral is going to quote, uh, you know, the New Testament scriptures of Paul or, you know, um, you know, the, the Jesus's words in my father's house or many mansions and to comfort the grieving people there. Well, just because they read the scripture at a funeral and that the participants hear the scripture at the funeral doesn't mean that they're obeying the scripture at the funeral. Let me tell you a story. I worked with a guy in law enforcement who was an expert in traffic. He knew everything about traffic and he taught traffic. So you could talk to this person and he could tell you what the speed limit was on this certain street, what the speed limit was around the city, what the danger is, what the signs say, what the curves are. He knew everything. He was a traffic expert. He taught it to other policemen. He was a brilliant guy, well-read, and he knew everything about traffic. So he knew the law. He knew the debar of the law, the importance, the manner of the law, the business of the law so well that he even taught it. But when he got into his car, he drove like a maniac. He would speed. He could run red lights. He would go through traffic cameras because he was in charge of the traffic division. He couldn't get a ticket. So he could talk about the law, but he didn't obey the law. So in the, in the court, if he were to get caught, would he be any better to a judge? Would he be any better than the person who was ignorant of the law and disobeyed the law? Because, well, I didn't know it. I never read it. I never studied it. I didn't know it was 35 miles an hour. I just saw a sign and I thought 35 miles an hour might have been a good suggestion. And that's why I was doing, you know, 50. Would, would the traffic expert be any better in the eyes of a judge? No. The law is broken. The law is broken. If it's not obeyed, it's no good. And that is my point today. 
We could go to church. We can listen to ministers. We can read books. We could do all the Christian things that we do. And you cannot judge people. Well, they use scripture. They gave a great compelling sermon that was really motivational based on, you know, Matthew, you know, four or something. However, it's one thing to talk about the word of God. Uh, you can even teach the word of God. You can make a great sermon about the word of God. It's another thing for your lives to obey the word of God. The debar, the debar. So I'm going to read on and God spake all these words. That's this scripture. And here's why it's awesome. You go down to verse three and he says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's a debar, right? He says in verse four, thou shalt not make unto you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. That's a debar. Verse five, another debar. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. You shouldn't serve them. For I am the Lord thy God. I am a jealous God. Now listen to this. Here's a debar. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Why would that be in there unless you can disobey the debar? If it was okay just to hear the debar, just to hear the word, read the word, study the read, have it taught to you, put it on your shelf, whatever you, you can tattoo it on yourself, tattoo it on your neck. Why don't you just tattoo the scriptures all over your body? But if you don't do it, if you don't obey what he just said, he says he's going to visit the iniquity of those people who hate him. He, he looks at you as one who hates him. You don't want to be in that position, my friend. You don't want to be one that God, almighty God, Yahweh goes, that human hates me and rejected my word. You think, well, when did I reject his word? <clears throat> when you disobey, when you don't obey what he said, just because you're hearing it in church, just because you're hearing it in the ministry, just because you're watching it on YouTube, just because you're listening to the sound of my voice. But if you're not ingesting it and obeying it, it's not going to do you any good. God looks at you as though you hate him. That's not the right place you want to be because, well, there's nothing but eternal damnation. Verse six, here's another debar. And God says, and showing mercy upon thousands of them, what? That loved me. Oh, and check this out. And keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. So the debar says, keep his commandments. He'll show mercy. If you keep his commandments, he looks at you that you love him. If you don't do these things, if you're making graven images, you have other gods before him, you're not obeying his debar, you hate him and you're an enemy and you will not gain eternal life, but you will gain eternal damnation. That's just the way it is. This is not a joke. I'm not playing with you. I'm not giving you a happy, clappy little sermon here. I'm telling you the truth. Too many people out there are not obeying the word of God. They're just not. Now, I had the unfortunate um, circumstance last week to, to attend a United Methodist Church, not because I wanted to, but my wife was playing ukulele with a ukulele group there. So I went to go see her and it was a uh, wonderful people, really nice and everything. And the uh, female 
pastor was really nice. I really liked her. And she was very gifted, very talented. She uh, gave a very um, good uh, motivational sermon. She even used scripture about touching the hem of the garment. Uh, they sang songs. Um, it, it, you know, they're really nice people and they, they did, you know, what they had to do and it was really good. But the only thing I noticed, you know, it really struck me in the face was on their PowerPoint, they had a, um, you know, advertisement on Wednesday night Bible study. And I, I guess churches just don't study the Bible anymore. They read out of books, other people's books. I guess that's just what they do. Because uh, it's hard to find <laughs> someone that's going to open up the Bible and do a Bible study like this podcast. They just they just read other people's stuff all the time. So uh, it's common. But what stroke, struck me as odd is they were doing this Bible study. And the book, the title of the book was called Holy Envy. That should make your hackles stare up, you know, stand up. When you hear that title, Holy Envy... Oh, what is this? So I snap a picture of it so I can look at it later. And what it is, is this some gal who who used to be a, I think she was an Episcopalian priestess and she left the ministry to go chase all religions. And basically it boils down to this. Uh, there's many paths. It's pantheism. God is in everything and everybody. And there's many paths to God, not just Judeo-Christianity. And of course, not just Jesus Christ as Messiah. So, She's a New York uh, Times bestseller, of course. And uh, I think this is her third or fourth book. It is called Holy Envy. And it's about uh, traveling around to different um, cultures and co countries. And she focuses on Muslim, uh, Hindu, Buddhism, uh, Judaism, Christianity. She focuses on that and she finds common ground. It's very ecumenical. But more than just ecumenical working with them, it's salvation. There's many ways to God through these other things. And so Hinduism, a Hindi and a Buddhist can teach you something as a Christian. Um, and uh, it's a holy altar. So anyway, a holy envy. So uh, you <laughs> you envy these other religions. So that was the book. So, you know, I, I look at that. I, I researched that when I got home and I said, well, no, no matter how nice these people were or how good that sermon was and the songs they sang and blah, 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 and the stained glass windows, I could never sit under somebody like that because that's heresy, right? How do you get to that point? Of course, nowhere in this book or nowhere in the reviews is anything mentioned about the word of God. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Even the people who didn't like the book, they liked, they disliked it for other reasons, but not because it wasn't the word of God. So yeah, there's a huge famine about the words of God. The problem is that can't, you cannot please God. You're going to be an enemy of God if you don't obey his debar. So how do you get to a point where you write a book called Holy Envy? How do you get to a point where as a pastor of a church, you teach this book to your congregants on a Wednesday night? How do you get to that point? You only get to that point by ignoring the debars of God, by not obeying the debar of God. There's, there's, that's the only way. The devil can't come and deceive you and put this in your head, lead you down that path and everything if you are solid in the words of God and obey them. So it's that's just period. So when I see that, I go, holy cow, these are people who just, you know, they're, they're clowning with their religion, but they're not obeying the debars of God. Therefore, I personally cannot have anything to do with them. And I would not. So, but that's just a little story uh, that I tell you, and it's everywhere. It's not just the United Methodist Church. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I get emails. I get text messages. I get 
Facebook stuff from people and they're just not obeying the words of God and they're having problems and they're going to continue to have problems and the problems are going to get worse because they're just not listening. They don't listen um, to the words of God. And God spake all these words saying, and God debarred all these words saying. So it's very important. Now I told you I was going to show you what other was where it's used that you would not recognize it. And the story of Abraham, when he had his wife, Sarai, and he's traveling uh, to, uh, you know, Egypt to, uh, you know, to get out of the famine or whatever. And Pharaoh sees Sarai and, you know, Abraham says, tell him I'm your sister and you know, kill me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Pharaoh takes Sarai. And anyway, all kinds of stuff happens to Pharaoh's house. And Pharaoh gets really mad because Abraham, you know, lied to him and said, what, what's going on? You know, you said it was your sister, it's your wife. Now, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 17. And this scripture says, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abraham's wife. So you would look at that and go, because Abraham was God's man and he was really trustworthy and faithful. And he's like, so that, you know, when Pharaoh took Abraham's wife, you know, that pissed God off and he, you know, would find, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, no, that's not it. The word here, right? Because of that word is debar. It's translated because of. That's the one of the 207 others, right? So the way it should read is that, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of the debar concerning Sarai, Abram's wife. And what was the debar? Debar was that all nations would be blessed through them, through the seed of Abraham. And the Messiah was to come through the seed of Abraham. Sarai was Abraham's wife who was going to bring forth that seed. It was a debar that was given by God. So when Pharaoh took Sarai, because Abraham did a little sneaky there, the plagues came not because, oh, Abraham is God's buddy and God's a good guy. and he's you know, No, the plagues came because it was a direct conflict of God's debar. And that caused problems for anybody who got in the way of the debar. Okay? Abraham didn't obey it, and Pharaoh didn't obey it, and there was problems. You dig it? So, I hope I'm making sense here. But I'm seeing, and I'm reading a whole bunch of stuff where people are just using their thoughts their feelings, their th well, I think God is this. I believe God embraces all gender identity. I believe God is love, right? And it is not founded or based on the debar of God, on the word of God. Everything we do must be biblical and scriptural. It's not an option. It's essential. I, for one, do not want to be an enemy of God, and I don't want God to say, I am going to visit you because you hate me. Why do I hate you, God? I read your word. I preach the word. I go to a place that does. I have it tattooed on my face. Why do I hate you? And he says, because you do not obey my word. Period. Good night. 
I leave you with that, and we'll talk to you next time. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield.